It's Thursday, March 1st. All of Wednesday's basketball games are over and done with. Here is your morning after in the NBA. The Celtics blow out the Hornets 134-106. Kyrie Irving puts up a game-high 34 points, adding 5 assists, and Aaron Baines has a 12.10 rebound double-double in the Boston win. Kemba Walker scores 23 points and hands out 5 assists, and Dwight Howard finishes with 21 points for Charlotte in their loss. The Pistons crushed the Bucks 110-87. Andre Drummond ends his night with a 15.16 rebound double-double. And Stanley Johnson scores 19 points and grabs 6 rebounds off the bench in the Detroit victory. Eric Bledsoe goes for 19 points and 6 rebounds. And Chris Middleton finishes up with 17 points in Milwaukee's loss. Orlando drops their game to Toronto 117-104. DeMar DeRozan leads all scorers with a 21-point outing, and Kyle Lowry scores 17 points, grabs 7 boards, and dishes out 11 assists in the Raptors' win. Seven different players on the Magic score in double figures, including all five of their starters, with Aaron Gordon scoring 17, 11 points and hauling in 10 rebounds, and Mario Hazonia scores 17 points off the bench in their team's loss. Indiana falls to Atlanta 107-102. Rookie John Collins scores 16 points and grabs 7 rebounds, and Dwayne Dedman adds 15 points and 9 rebounds in the Hawks' victory. Bojan Bogdanovic leads the game in scoring with 26 points, and Victor Oladipo scores 22 points, snares 5 rebounds, hands out 5 assists, and has 6 steals for the Pacers in the loss. Golden State gets by Washington 109-101. Kevin Durant is the game's high point man with 32, adding 6 boards, and Steph Curry chips in with 25 points and 5 rebounds for the Warriors in their win. Otto Porter Jr. finishes up with a 29.10 rebound double-double, and Kelly Oubre Jr. scores 17 points off the bench in the Wizards' loss. The Suns top the Grizzlies 110-102. Devin Booker scores a game-high 34 points to go with 6 rebounds and 3 steals, and rookie Josh Jackson scores 29 points, adding 7 rebounds in the Phoenix victory. Marcus All has a 22.4 block, 13 rebound double double, and Andrew Harrison scores 20 points, grabs 5 rebounds, and dishes out 7 assists for Memphis in their loss. Oklahoma City sneaks past Dallas 111 110 in overtime. Russell Westbrook drops a game high 30 points to go with 3 steals, 7 assists, and 11 boards, and Paul George scores 23 points, hands out 6 assists, and grabs 11 rebounds in the Thunder victory. All five of the Mavericks starters end the night scoring in double figures, with Harrison Barnes putting up 26 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists, and Dirk Nowitzki scores 21 points, gets 3 steals, and hauls in 8 rebounds in the losing effort. San Antonio is down by New Orleans, 121-116. Anthony Davis leads the game in scoring with a 26-point night to go with 15 rebounds, and Rajon Rondo has a 13.8 rebound, 12 assists, double-double for the Pelicans in their win. Rudy Gay scores 19 points off the bench, and LaMarcus Aldridge is limited to just 8 points in 13 minutes as he's forced to leave the game with an apparent sprained ankle in the Spurs' loss. And the final game Wednesday had the Rockets defeating the Clippers 105-92. No surprise, James Harden is the game's leading scorer with 25 points, adding 8 assists, and Clint Capella ends up with a 22.14 rebound double-double in Houston's 14th consecutive win. On the losing side, Tobias Harris scores 24 points and gets 3 steals, and DeAndre Jordan scores 4 points and pulls down 16 rebounds for Los Angeles. That's the buzzer for this edition of the Morning After in the NBA. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. The Boston Red Sox have officially requested a name change to the street Fenway Park is located on. 
currently called Yawkey Way, asking the city of Boston to revert the street back to the original name of Jersey Street. As I've detailed before here on the Sports Rundown, the Yawkey Way name is problematic for both the Red Sox and the city of Boston, as it was named after longtime team owner Tom Yawkey, a notorious racist and overall unsavory character. Yawkey owned the team from 1933 until 1976, during which time the Red Sox became the last organization in Major League Baseball to integrate a black player waiting all the way until 1959, over a decade after Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers. When Tom Yawkey died in 1976, the street Fenway Park is on was renamed Yawkey Way in his honor, and since that time, the stories about Tom Yawkey's obvious bigotry became far more well-known amongst not just baseball fans, but residents of New England. The current group of Red Sox owners, spearheaded by John Henry, has long desired to change the name of the street, believing it would be a symbolic gesture of just how much the team as well as the city of Boston have changed since the 1970s. Now that desire seems very likely to come to fruition as the city will almost undoubtedly approve the Red Sox name change request, possibly even before opening day at Fenway Park on April 5th. It certainly is far past time for the change to the street name. However, personally, I think the change back to the original Jersey Street is a little anticlimactic. It's not that there's anything wrong with the Jersey Street name, but it seemed like a missed opportunity for the Red Sox to honor another person or organization or even idea to replace what was once a tribute to Tom Yawkey. The law in Boston is that streets cannot be named after a living person, so that takes a lot of Red Sox heroes of color like David Ortiz and Jim Rice and Pedro Martinez off the list of possibilities. The team, however, could have opted to honor any numerous deceased team legends like Hall of Famer and war hero Ted Williams, who already has a tunnel named after him in the city, or the recently deceased Bobby Doerr, who played and worked for the team for nearly three decades. However... It would be understandably problematic to rename Yaki Way after another white guy, which meant the Red Sox were likely left with limited options. I don't work for the team, so fortunately I didn't have to come up with a new name. I'm just saying for me, going back to Jersey Street is again a missed opportunity. Overall, it's, as I said, a long overdue change to make. And regardless of the new name, it's a significant improvement over one that was made to honor a man whose legacy included zero world championships and a history of over-racism. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news only on Anchor. Veteran running back Matt Forte announced his retirement from the NFL on Wednesday via a Twitter post. Forte will finish his career at 32 years old, having played for 10 seasons, eight of which were with the Chicago Bears. Forte was a second-round pick of the Bears out of Tulane University in 2008 and made an immediate impact as a rookie. In his first NFL season, Forte rushed for over 1,200 yards with 8 touchdowns on the ground and added 63 catches for 477 yards and 4 touchdowns through the air. That dual threat of a running back that could not only rush out of the backfield but catch was a sign of things to come for Matt Forte, who during his time in the NFL was one of the most lethal receiving options at the running back position. 
Forte continued to rack up excellent numbers on both the ground and through the air for Chicago year after year, with perhaps his best season coming in 2013. That year, Forte was a fantasy football player's dream as he rushed the ball for over 1,000 yards with six rushing touchdowns and caught a ridiculous 102 balls for 808 yards and four receiving touchdowns. In 2016, he signed in free agency with the New York Jets, spending two seasons there before ultimately deciding to call it quits yesterday. For his career, Forte finishes with 9,796 rushing yards, 33rd most all-time, 54 rushing touchdowns, 554 receptions, 9th most all-time for running backs, 4,672 receiving yards, and 21 receiving touchdowns. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. Some additional NFL news and notes quickly. The Indianapolis Colts have told veteran running back Frank Gore that they do not plan to re-sign him in free agency, meaning the running back will have to look for what will be his third team if he hopes to continue for a 14th NFL season. He's played for the San Francisco 49ers and the Colts, and at 35 years old at the beginning of next season, is one of the most productive running backs of all time, who still has shown that he's plenty of juice left. Last year for the Colts, he had 961 yards. The year before, he had a 1,000-yard season. As it stands right now, Gore has 14,026 career rushing yards, which places him fifth all-time behind Curtis Martin's 14,101 rushing yards. That means if Gore is able to find a team for what will be his 14th NFL season, it seems highly likely he'll pass Martin and be behind just Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, and Emmett Smith on the all-time rushing list. Additionally, the New York Jets have announced that they will release defensive tackle Muhammad Wilkerson, who's been with the team since they drafted him, putting Wilkerson as a free agent that will probably be getting offers from numerous teams, though he has had some issues in terms of off-the-field incidents that may curb his market a little bit. But Wilkerson is still a very talented player. He's only 28 years old. And as the end, everybody who follows the NFL knows, even if you have off-the-field issues, if you're talented, you will get a chance anywhere. So that's it for some additional news and notes out of the NFL from yesterday. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor.